Maybe not so much today, but at one point in time, Holly Weird was a metalhead way to describe Hollywood because of all the weird people you would find there. And where there's weird people, you can bet you're gonna find some weird crimes. Crimes that don't quite have a Hollywood ending, but will give you the twists and turns only Hollywood can produce. This list is the weirdest of the weird. Pack your bags because we're off to La La Land to count down the most bizarre crimes that seem tailor-made for the big screen. Hey, all you weirdos. Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 weird Hollywood crimes. So we are from Massachusetts, but I have been to LA slash Hollywood, and I can confirm that place is weird. <laughs> I will say that. And then maybe it's just because we're like East Coasters, so it's like totally different. Just to weird us. in general. But it also just has like this feeling about it, like something in the air, like smog. I don't oh, know. Oh. Uh, but it's not all bad weird either, because there's so much good stuff that's there and so many campy things and so many just like beautiful things. But there are certainly some darker vibes hanging around. Yeah, we've got some sinister feelings and up in there. different darker vibes than you find here. Mm. Mm. Unfortunately, I have never been, but I obviously want to head out there to investigate <laughs> the weirdness like as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Because like you said, there's so many cool spots to check out. Like the first on my list would be the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. You got to see it. Like the Black Dahlia, Elisa Lamb. Oh, yeah. Richard Ramirez, like hello. Ugh. And then I would definitely want to see the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Of course. Duh. You got to do it. I've Duh. seen it. It's pretty rad. I know, I'm jealous. <laughs> I think a lot of the craziness has to do with the fact that it's one of those places where people converge upon from so many different other places. And they mostly come out there to kind of like live out their dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're coming with big dreams and they're going to be Hollywood stuff. Exactly what it is. And you mix explosive creativity, like eccentric people and crushed dreams. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it's a weird, recipe for yeah, disaster. Weird stuff is going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait to check it out. Uh, Elena has five weird Hollywood happenings, and so do I. But neither of us knows who will keep it the most weird. Let's start the countdown. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money. Up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, 
host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. Ten. I'll start us off with number 10, the Gower Gulch Shootout. At the corner of Sunset and Gower in 1940, two men, who often worked as cowboy extras in Hollywood films, got into a fight and staged a real shootout. What? Jerome Blackjack Ward shot Johnny Tyke six times in front of a group of witnesses, killing Tyke in the middle of the day, in the middle of Hollywood, after they fought over a woman. This was like method acting brought to like the darkest level. Brought so dark. Yeah. No good. In the 30s and 40s, there was a Columbia drugstore on the corner. Actors hoping to get parts in Westerns hung out there because they could use the drugstore phone to call central casting looking for work. Mm -hmm. This is so like... Just all the things you used to read about, like, old Hollywood. I, you know. Old Hollywood. Central casting. The best. Yeah. Uh, the story is that Blackjack listed out loud the six sins he believed Tyke had committed as he fired each shot. The most drama. So Hollywood. Serving drama Hollywood realness. And horrifying. Yeah. You're listing out sins as you shoot someone? That's enough. That's insane. That's wild. At the trial, Blackjack claimed self-defense, which already I'm like, man. Six shots, I don't yeah. really think, is, is self-defense. Well, he was alleging that Johnny Tyke had already attacked him with a knife. Several witnesses were called, because remember, he did this in front of many people. Right. Most of them were dressed in cowboy boots and hats and speaking with a strong drawl. Were they actually, like, cowboys? or were they- It's a circus, is what it is. <laughs> These are just, like, actors, like, I'm here insane. to testify to Doug <laughs> that that did one. not happen. Yeehaw. Well, what they did was most testified to Blackjack's character. But were they just scared of him? Probably. And they claimed that Tyke was on drugs. Ultimately, the case was dismissed. So he got away with it? He shot a guy six times in broad daylight in the middle of Hollywood in front of several witnesses, and the case was dismissed. That's insane to me. Today, the site of the murder has a Starbucks and a Denny's. That's only right. But the facades of the businesses are Western-themed, which is even creepier. A Western-themed <laughs> Starbucks? I hate it. I'm going there ASAP. I don't want it. Nine. At number nine is that time Justin Bieber egged his neighbors. <laughs> you know. Yeah. January 2014, police searched Justin Bieber's mansion for evidence after his neighbors reported he had egged their house, causing thousands of dollars of damage. Jeez. But what started as a prank turned into a multi-year legal battle and a felony drug charge for Biebs' friend, Lil Za. Thousands of dollars of damn. Did they throw ostrich eggs? <laughs> I think eggs can like strip paint. They probably can. So, and they probably had a gigantic house. So. I've never egged someone's house. I 
Yeah. Do you believe the fifth? I definitely do. (laughs) So (laughs) police found footage from Bieber's own surveillance cameras that showed him and a friend high-fiving around the time that the egging happened. Cool, brah. So cool. Oh, my God. We totally egged that place. Wow. But also, they found drugs just sitting out in Bieber's house. Okay. And his friend, rapper Lil Za, wound up with a felony drug charge as a result. Ooh, you think you're just going out for a night of fun of eggs just egging now listen to this the egg damage was over twenty thousand dollars i ask again were they dinosaur eggs i have no idea i think they were organic wow now that could have been a felony charge for beebs but he wound up pleading no contest to misdemeanor vandalism Wow. Yeah. I wonder why. Uh, you know, <laughs> the whole thing is really confusing. He did, though, pay out over $80,000, got two years probation, anger management classes, and a week of community service. Oh, and a now week of community service. He's only allowed to purchase egg beaters. <laughs> but he also ended up moving away and selling his home to Khloe Kardashian. Of course he did. <laughs> but the case actually dragged on for years because his neighbors filed another lawsuit in 2015 for emotional damages. The level of petty. They are lactose intolerant. (laughs) I don't even know if eggs have lactose. But it was finally fully resolved in November of 2018. Amazing. Wild. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of weird Hollywood crimes is the disappearance of Amy Semple McPherson. Amy is the founder of Los Angeles's Four Square Gospel Church. On May 18, 1926, she went to the beach to swim and vanished. Her followers were distraught and crazed about finding her. Then she turns up alive in Mexico, claiming to have been kidnapped. But the truth is still unknown. So she was alive. What? Alive. Wow. Now, Amy was a faith healer and spoke in tongues. Okay. Yes. She was immensely popular, with as many as 30,000 people showing up to one of her events. Wow. That's big. That's a lot of people. Two people died in the searching for her body in the waters. One of her devout followers, according to the Smithsonian, drowned herself in her grief. Uh, This is a lot. And one of the deep sea divers scouring the area accidentally drowned. So two people died in the process of finding her when she was alive. And just like chilling in, where was she again? Mexico. Wow. Ransom notes were received, but her mother threw one away, believing Amy was already dead. I'm sorry, what? Which... I'm going to give you like a pretty good blanket piece of advice. Don't throw away things that are like ransom notes or threatening notes or anything that you should probably just give to the police. Yeah, she went past the stage of grief and right to like, I'm over it. I'm over it. There it goes. Just hand those in. Yeah. Overreact. Like, you know, just overreact on this one. Definitely. Well, a month after disappearing, she just shows up in Mexico. Hey guys, what's up? She was like, hello. Well, she claims three Americans kidnapped her and she managed to escape. Well, that would that's pretty know. badass if she did. I, I don't know. This all seems very weird. It definitely does. The DA said she was lying and charged her. So I'm not alone. Faking a kidnapping can lead to criminal charges. Yes, it can. Don't know. Yes, it can. In a fake kidnapping, it's also illegal to demand a ransom. <laughs> because you kidnapped yourself. You can't do that. The case was ultimately thrown out. No truth came out. So now there's endless theories about this, which we love an endless theory. Oh, absolutely. Like a conspiracy. Many believed she was having an affair 
or getting a secret abortion. Scandalous. Both very scandalous. But like, why did she send her mom a ransom note? That's rude. To make it real. I know. Seven. At number seven this week is the random and brutal death of Hollywood screenwriter Robert Lees. Lees was a retired Hollywood screenwriter who in 2004, at the age of 91, was viciously murdered and beheaded by a man on a meth binge who then murdered Lee's next door neighbor. Detectives on the case stated it was the most gruesome scene they'd ever witnessed. 91 years old. Right? And that's how you go out? Things like that always upset me so much. Like you live your whole life and this is how you go. Now, Lee's had been in Hollywood for generations, writing for classic shows like Lassie, Flipper, and Gilligan's Island. All shows I watched. When I was little, I loved Gilligan's Island. Now, the second victim, Robert Lee's neighbor, was ambushed by the killer while on the phone with a Southwest Airlines agent. He's just trying to book a flight. I can't. Now, they overheard the murder and called 911, luckily. But when cops arrived at the neighbor's home, they found Robert Lee's head. Oh! Can you imagine you're investigating one thing and then you're like, but whose head you just is this? Find a decapitated head? Ah. No. Investigators then released a photo of their suspect. The suspect was at that very moment trying to get into Paramount Studios and was turned away. The Ooh. guards recognized him and called police. Now, the suspect's guilty plea included murder, mayhem, and torture charges, and he got two life sentences. Uh, good. See you later. Goodbye. He beheaded a 91-year-old for no reason? Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Six. Also on our list at number six, James Gilmore Jr., On January 7, 1962, someone came to the door of the Gilmore home in Baldwin Park. 14-year-old James, Jimmy, Gilmore Jr., then told his family he was leaving. They never saw him alive again. His body was discovered 23 years later, buried below the Gilmore home. But investigators could find no evidence that the Gilmores were involved in Jimmy's death. I'm sorry, what? When we said weird, we meant... Weird. I can't believe I've never heard of this. With a capital W. A capital all the letters. Jimmy's family said he was a bully. So he was vicious. He was cruel. He was someone who threatened to beat up other kids and took their money. Okay, well, that's not nice, Jimmy. That sucks, Jimmy. Yeah, like, get it together. (laughs) The family reported the missing person case to the police three days after the disappearance. Now, the Gilmores lived in the house for 11 more years. And in 1985, new owners were renovating the home when they discovered Jimmy's body. Oh no, you buy a home, you're like, Zillow really showed me the best (laughs) of the best. And then you're like, really? You go through all that it takes to buy a home, the massive amounts of paperwork and stress. Well, that's the thing. You get in there, you're moving your couch, and that's what you find? Well, you sign the papers, that's yours now. Now it's yours. I'd be like, I don't want it anymore. Congratulations, you just bought a house that comes with a dead body. I wonder if there's something you can do about that. Well, the body was under his parents' bedroom. Oh. Nobody ever reported an odd smell, which odd. Yep, that would definitely stank. (laughs) Detectives said the sandy earth he was buried in could have masked the smell, Uh which I suppose it could. And who knows when he was put there? That's That's, the other thing. I was going to say. 
It's still weird because they were there for 11 more years. So did they come back and put him in there? And how did no one? It doesn't make Maybe sense. he was kept somewhere else and then put in there or something. That's what's confusing. Because well, it's like he was in your bedroom. Now you're like, family, what's up? Right. The family was all given polygraph tests and they all passed. Nah. Which I... Uh, <laughs> that's how we feel about polygraphs. Like sometimes it's Sum like, that cool. Up. But that's like... The family also lost a daughter. Jimmy's sister, who was stabbed to death in 1979. Oh, wow. This is like the most horrific luck I've ever heard. I know. According to the Pasadena Star News, Jimmy's younger brother Wayne stated, quote, him dying at that age saved some people's lives. He would have killed people as an adult. To which I say, oh. Yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. Yikes. That last one. <laughs> I have so much to say, but I'm just like, Jimmy Gilmore Jr., what is going on? I don't know how to process my thoughts on that I one. I got to know who's at the door. Yeah. Where did he go? Yeah. How did he get under the house? Uh-huh. He was going to kill people when he got to be an adult? Tell me more. How do we know about that? I just, that's a lot. And then Amy Semple McPherson. What is that? That one was absolutely nuts. These are weird. And the Robert Lee's one, like, really was That sad. just really bums me out. That's tragic. Yeah. I hate it. Now I need to know what the next five are. I'm nervous. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast, and I'm hosting the new limited series, Hollywood Scandals. We all know that Tinseltown is the land of glitz and glamour, but look closer past the allure of bright lights and red carpets. There you'll find a more disturbing tale one filled with tragedies and transgressions so damaging they've turned hopes and dreams into high-profile nightmares. Every Monday on this Spotify original, discover the real-life dramas of some of entertainment's biggest names. From the mysterious drowning of Natalie Wood and the murder trials of comedian Fatty Arbuckle to the star clients of Hollywood madam Heidi Fleiss. Each episode of Hollywood Scandals has been curated from shows across the ParCast network, covering over a century's worth of controversies, from the silent era into the digital age. Fame and fortune may be fleeting, but scandals, they stand the test of time. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Hollywood Scandals. Listen free only on Spotify. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of weird Hollywood crimes. Starting off, the second half of our list is firefighter slash arson detective turned arsonist John Orr. Wow. I'll let that sink in. I'm letting it. Orr was a successful and respected firefighter and arson detective who had a seemingly weird knack for figuring out the source of fires quite quickly. 
The reason, as it turned out, was that Orr himself was secretly setting many of the very same fires he would later investigate. Wow. He was trying to get that credit. He must have been so busy. So busy. From 1984 to 1991, John Orr operated in secret. His MO sometimes included setting two fires at one time, one outdoors, which would divert firefighters, and one at a retail store during daylight hours while staff and shoppers were present. So he could have killed people. Mm, He did. (gasps) Now, he earned the media nickname the Pillow Pyro because Orr frequently targeted stores that sold linens that caught fire quickly. Rude. He, like, knew what he was doing. Yeah. Now, one of the fires, like I was just saying, Orset killed four people. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. It was at a hardware store in South Pasadena in 1984. Orr wrote a fiction book titled Points of Origin that essentially gave him away because it included details that mirrored the South Pasadena hardware store fire. It's like an if I did it. I was literally just going (laughs) to say that. Yep. At the time, the book was not published, but now you can read it. And in his book, the arsonist is sexually aroused by starting the fires. Orr still claims he did not set the fires, but he's serving four consecutive life sentences. Wow, that's a real bummer if he didn't set the fires, dude. I think he did. I think he did. I think he did. I think he did it. Yeah. Four. Landing at number four this week is screenwriter Gary DeVore. Gary was driving home through the Mojave Desert with a copy of his newly finished screenplay about the federal government's involvement in the invasion of Panama when he disappeared in 1997. Uh Uh-oh. The following year, his body was found. But someone had taken his laptop, which contained the copy of his script and both of his hands. What? His mysterious death has given rise to several conspiracy theories. I'm already in support of one. Like, what? I know what happened, sir. A private investigator who specializes in Hollywood cases pointed out that several details of the report just do not make sense. Of course they don't. Let's list these out. Number one, he was found in his car in the waters below the California aqueduct. The area had already been searched. Yeah, so he was kept somewhere else. So what? Right. (laughs) What now? Two, he would have had to hit the barrier and gone over. There's no visible evidence of any impact. Because that didn't happen. So that, what now? Number three, it was nighttime when he disappeared. The headlights were not in the on position. Because somebody turned them off. Little detail that nobody's thinking about. Number four, to end up where he did, he had to drive three miles in the wrong direction, meaning against traffic, in the dark, with no headlights. Maybe like somebody drove his car afterwards is what I'm feeling. This is just bonkers. Well, the screenplay was a remake of The Big Steel, originally from 1949, updated, and it was set in Panama. His producer had the first 49 pages. There were no other copies. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a documentary and book, both titled The Writer With No Hands, in which author Matthew Alford says the government was definitely responsible. Mm -hmm. Before Gary's body was found, people theorized the CIA was involved because he had been working with a contact at CIA headquarters. Wow. It's like a JFK thing where you're like, there's just so much. It's like a JFK thing. And for some reason, it kind of reminded me of like Princess Die. Yes. It's all kind of just like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. It's all like Chappaquiddick or something. There's just too much. Oh, God. Don't get me started on Chappaquiddick. There's so much. Ah, I don't know. Four. 
three. Number three on our countdown of weird Hollywood crimes is the strange death of actor David Bacon. Bacon was a working Hollywood actor in 1943 when witnesses watched him drive his car off the highway. When they found him, he was bleeding out from a stab wound. David would not say who attacked him and he died with the secret. The murder remains unsolved. David. Well. I gotta know. Well. Well. The role for which David Bacon is most remembered is the masked Marvel, and it seems to have been cursed. The four previous actors who had that role were injured, and another actor on the show, Rod Bacon, no relation. Weird. I know, right? (laughs) Another Bacon, was murdered five years later. One strange piece of evidence discovered in David Bacon's car was a camera on which only one picture had been taken. What was the picture, Ash? That picture showed him standing naked on a beach. Spicy. And by naked, I mean naked. Now, this led to a theory that he had been the target of blackmail. Oh. Which makes sense. It does. So he came from a wealthy political family in Massachusetts. What, what? What, what? With ties to people like the Roosevelts. He was also a closeted gay man and had entered into a marriage of convenience with another actress who was a lesbian. This goes deep. It's so Hollywood. Howard Hughes is credited with giving him his new screen name, David, rather than his birth name, Gaspar. Many think he might have fallen victim to a hitchhiker, but David's wife believed Howard Hughes could have had something to do with it and that David and Howard Hughes had an affair. I don't know what to think. There are so many things in that. Listen, all I know is that if this is not a movie already, it should be. Why is this not a movie? 10 out of 10 would watch. Amazing. That last one? I didn't even know about that. I didn't know about that either. And I was like, I need to know everything about this. Hollywood, you're weird. I know this list <laughs> was like made for me because I love Hollywood crimes. Yeah, this is really fun and scary and terrifying and terrible. All of the above. Yeah, Yay. which is what it should be. I'm excited to see what number one is. Oh, well, I know. Two. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of weird Hollywood crimes. At number two is The Boyfriend in the Attic. August 1922, Fred Ostrike was shot to death in his home. When police arrived, his wife, Dolly, was locked in a closet. She told police that robbers had invaded the home, stolen a watch, and shot Fred. In reality, Dolly's boyfriend, who had been secretly living in the attic, had killed Fred. But it gets weirder. Okay, this case is one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. This is crazy. It's so good. Dolly and Otto originally met when she was 26 and already married to Fred. Otto was just 17 and an employee of Fred's apron factory. Already, it sounds like a Lifetime movie. Oh, yeah. Unbeknownst to Fred, Otto lived in the attic of their Wisconsin home before the couple moved to the L.A. area. Dolly smuggled Otto there. Dolly kind of sounds like a bad bee. Dolly is a lot. After he shot Fred, Dolly and Otto tried to stage it to look like a robbery gone wrong. Dolly then asked a different boyfriend, 
to dispose of the gun. He threw it in the La Brea tar pits. Dolly was young and getting it. Dolly's having a time. But when Dolly broke up with this guy, he went to the police. Of course, what are you doing? Yeah, Dolly. You don't you ask a guy to dispose of a murder weapon and then break his heart. You can't have that many boyfriends, Dolly. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna get it's gonna get wild. Well, the police were able to find the gun in the tar pits, and Dolly was arrested. Yeah, bye, girl. While in jail, she confided in yet another boyfriend <laughs> about wow. Otto and asked that boyfriend to bring Otto groceries. Oh, see, she, Dolly's always looking she out. She cares. Except for Fred. She cares about Otto. Yeah. That's for sure. She sure does. After jail, she broke up with that boyfriend eight years later in 1930, which that's a long relationship. Mm. He ratted them both out. Because again, you have to stop breaking these guys' hearts if you're going to confide in them about murder things. Yeah, you can't have that many side pieces and keep them all Like, unhappy. do what you want. Do what you want. But just don't tell them about your murders if you're going to break up with them. That's all. And keep them all very happy. Yeah, you gotta. Well, they were arrested, but Otto was let go because of the statute of limitations. And Dolly got a hung jury in her trial for conspiracy. Wow. Dolly wow. is a heartbreaker. Lifetime movie. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 weird Hollywood crimes, Elisa Lam. Oh, of course. You knew she had to Of be course. Here. Elisa Lam was a 21-year-old Canadian tourist staying at the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA when she went missing in 2013. Her body was found weeks later in the hotel water tank, and so began one weird journey into figuring out how that happened, and also a journey to getting the truth told amongst a circus of theories. This case. It will take you in so many different directions. The CISO Hotel has a long history of connections to creepy true crime cases, craziness, and death. Richard Ramirez stayed there during his killing spree, so the location is already a character itself in this case. That's all you need to know about it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Richard Ramirez's stanky chops was Gross. there. Now, Elisa Lamb just wanted to visit LA, and she chose this hotel for some reason. And at some point, her behavior is just off, and she goes missing. She was staying with strangers in a shared room, and they complained to the hotel about her behavior, so the staff moved her to her own room. Now, the guests later complained about the water tasting oh. weird, which is horrifying. No. And that's when they find out that she's dead in the water tank. People thought she couldn't have possibly gotten onto the roof and into that water tank on her own. Then the infamous elevator video escalated the entire mythology. As part of their search, police released security footage of Elisa in the hotel elevator. And she's acting like super strange. The elevator door won't close, so she pushes like a ton of buttons. She seems to be talking to somebody outside of the elevator that we can't see. And then she walks off, and that's the last time she's ever seen. It's one of the scariest videos, just because you're like, what is happening here? Yeah, I've watched it so many times trying to figure out what is happening, and it's it's so haunting. It's something different every time. Mm -hmm. Now, the video launches a whole group of web sleuths onto the case, and the theories go wild. They analyze the video like crazy, the facts get blurred, and the mystery of the case outshines the truth. And basically, it was ruled an accident. But I'm not so sure. <laughs> I happen to disagree. Number two. 
I feel like that was such a good list. Oh, that was number one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to have Elisa at number one. There's so many on there that I was like, what is happening? Okay, Dolly is hands Dolly. down my favorite on the list. Dolly. Wow. At first, I was like, well, wait, there's like the Black Dahlia I was thinking about. And then I was like, no, those aren't weird. Yeah. Those are horrifying. Yeah, like, yeah. And these are horrifying and weird. That's, That's the what thing. You need. That's yeah. the thing. You got to have that weird aspect to it. So they did a great job. I know. And I can't think of anything that they left off. No, this list like killed it. No pun intended. Way to go, Parkhouse Research Gods. Good job. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which you made it this far, so I hope you do, you can follow our other podcast, Morbid. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. And we hope you keep it weird till next Monday, but definitely not this weird. Don't keep it Hollywood weird. Never. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Fact checking by Cara Macerlein. Research by Ambika Chotera, J.K. Heo, and Mickey Taylor. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Jonathan Ratliff. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. Hey there, Carter again. Before you go, remember to check out my new podcast limited series, Hollywood Scandals. In anticipation of the Oscars, we're unearthing some of the most sordid controversies in showbiz history. Tune in every Monday. Follow Hollywood Scandals free only on Spotify. <laughs>